today. Damon Hack with Eamon Lynch, Tiger Woods in the press room in Albany for the Hero World Challenge. Let's send it out to the Bahamas now. Albany, Bahamas. Uh, what are you most looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to uh, watching these guys play. Uh, the golf course is in amazing shape. I went out last night and took a look at it, and uh, uh, the golf course is running like it should. Um, I think they'll probably get the greens a little bit faster come, come tournament days. Uh, but other than that, um, hardly any divots on a golf course. So, I mean, guys can't, uh, you know, really, you're going to see some low scores here. You can't really kind of um, hang around, make up too many pars. You're going to get left behind. So this can be a, a, a nice birdie fest and uh, should be exciting for all the viewers. And this was the first uh, PGA Tour sanctioned event to benefit TGR Foundation. Over the years, uh, what has this relationship with the tournament uh, meant to the foundation? Yeah, we started this tournament back in, what, the 1999, 2000, um, changing of the, the years. And so it's, it's been our, our flagship event. It's been incredible to have the venues we've been to play in, uh, the partners we've, been, we've had over the years. Um, and now with, with Hero and then what, what Palawan has done for the event and elevating this event to what it is now, it's, uh, it's been, been obviously beneficial for our foundation. Uh, we were able to do more in our STEM, STEM programs because of it, and uh, we are able to help more, more kids around the country because of it. And for Dr. Munjal, uh, Hero Motocorp is renowned for its uh, association with uh, global sports organizations. Speaking of the relationship with the tournament, uh, what is the relationship meant for Hero? Well, it's been a wonderful relationship since the year 2014 when we started out um, in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, moved to Albany. The brand really has had an absolutely wonderful relationship with uh, TGR and Tiger. Not just the brand, but the kind of work excellent work that the foundation TGR is doing, we believe in that, and we also, back home in India, with Hero We Care, we do very, very similar work over there. And the brand really has benefited from this association. All right, we'll take some questions out here. If you have a question, we'll get a microphone to you. Uh, we'll start with Dylan and then Doug. Tiger, first of all, uh, just how are you feeling, and then what went into the decision to withdraw this week? Well, it's a, it was a tough decision just because I want to play. Um, I like playing, I like competing, but unfortunately, I can hit the golf ball and hit it whatever shot you want, I just can't walk. And so I've had a few setbacks during the year um, that I still was able to somehow play through, um, but this one I just can't, I just, uh, only time can heal this one and stay off my feet and um, get a lot of treatment done. And was it a surprise to you going into this week that you weren't able to play, or, or you know, when did you make this decision? Well, as I was ramping up and I had to walk more, the, the worse it got. So when you get plantar fasciitis, that's a, the worst thing you can do is walk. And I was walking more and more and more, trying to get my legs ready for this event, and I just kept making it worse. Um, so. Um, had to shut it down and um, unfortunately um, be the, the host of the event and Ranger Rick out here. So I can do that. Doug? That's kind of what I was going to ask, but following on the, yeah. on the, on the uh, health theme, um, Rory had some comments about 
COVID at St. Andrews, and I was just curious your recollection of that, if you know what I'm talking about. Were you actually ever tested? Yeah, I got tested, and I was always negative. Um, I was I feeling under the weather, yes. Um, wasn't feeling great the whole week, but um, I never got a positive test. Okay. And then <clears throat> kind of in a broader sense, Tiger, if you can go back to a, a year ago sitting at this table, um, what's transpired since then? Um, your, your own health, your play, uh, the Saudi League, uh, the meeting, the reshaping of the, of the PGA Tour. If you were to go back a year ago and look into the future, what are those kind of surprises you the most or, or, or what didn't you see coming? Uh, for Personally, for me, I was hoping to maybe play the British Open. I ended up playing three, three majors, which is not, not too bad, uh, all things considered. Um, wasn't expecting to have a f f uh, few more procedures because of playing, but that's just the way it goes. Um, as far as the, the golf ecosystem, uh, I don't think any of us would have foreseen it being as compli complicated as it is and convoluted as it has become. Um, and the animosity from both sides. Um, I don't think we would have, would have seen that a year ago. Well, I see that there's an opportunity out there if if both organizations put a stay on their litigation, but that's the problem. They got to put a stay on it, and whether or not they do that or not, um, you, there's no willingness to negotiate if you have a litigation against you. So, um, if they both have a stay and then have a break, and then they can meet and figure something out, then maybe there is something to be had. Um, but I think Greg has to go first of all, and and then. Obviously, the litigation against us, and then our countersuit against them; um, those would then have to be at a stay as well. So then, then we can talk. We can all talk freely. We'll go to Rex and then Adam. Tiger, along those same lines, the meeting in Delaware back in August that you and Roy went to. Wh why do you think it was important for you to be in that meeting, and, and what was your message to the other players? Well, the the message is that we can't compete dollar for dollar with with PIF. Just I mean, we. Physically can't do that, but what we can do is, is talk about um, better opportunities for younger players getting onto the tour and what it means to play the tour, how important it is, um, how important it is to have a legacy, um, be able to win major championships. Uh, as of right now, we don't know where the major championships stand on this. So, if you're a, a tour player, you already know that you're in the major championships. You're in the top 50. So, okay, that's a guarantee. But the other players don't. Uh, they're taking a chance of never, ever, ever getting a chance to play major championships. And so where does your legacy stand there? You know, I went on a, went on a tour and made a lot of money, but I, I never got to win any tournaments that are of value um, that would put me in the Hall of Fame and th things of that nature. Um, so, yes, there, there was a lot of talk of that and ways in which we can increase purses, um, reward players that are more visible than others, um, that that drive the tour, uh, reward them, and also give better access to the tour at, at different ages and in different ways than we ever have in the past. So it was, it was a long meeting. A lot of different options were, were put about, and we all had to think about it, sit back, and then we've had many subsequent meetings, um, FaceTime meetings, trying to figure it out and make it better, and we also worked with the tour to try and make it better as well. We'll go to Adam and then Dan. Could you have played this week with a golf cart? Say again? Could you have played this week with a golf cart? Yeah. But 
but you won't. Why, you, you won't play this week, but you would at the, the father-son? I can't hear you. He, he's saying you, you, you didn't want to play this week with a golf cart, but you can at the father-son. Yeah, it's a, uh, the, the father-son is a sanctioned senior event, so they can all use golf carts. Okay. And also, how have you justified this event getting official World Golf ranking points, and would you be willing to relinquish that in the future? Now, can you? Okay. Uh, the question was, would you be willing to relinquish the world ranking points in the future? And in Adam's words, how do you justify this event getting world ranking points? Oh, yeah. We got world ranking points with this event with Sun City as well at the same time. Uh, we had increased field sizes, and the world golf um, body said that you basically had to have the, their term of running for, I think it's three years, and we'd already had a running for like 15 years, uh, both, both events. And so both events were elevated to uh, world ranking points. We'll go to Dan. Have your doctors told you that the plantar fasciitis is related to the other injuries in the foot? Yes, it is. And so does that impact your, your long-term uh, prognosis for returning to competitive golf, playing you know, 72 holes and walking over and over yeah, again? Yeah, I can hit golf balls. It's the walking that just hurts. So that's just a... Something that when you got plantar fasciitis, the only thing you can do is rest and try and stretch that out as best, as best as possible, but it's rest. I mean, how do you rest when you're hosting a tournament? Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard. So uh, this will be a tough week. Um, the father's son will be a very easy week. Charlie will just hit all the shots and I'll just get the pus out of the hole. So pretty easy there. Um, but other than that, you know, in the match we're playing, and we're flying in carts, 12 holes, so. And I wanted to ask you about the player impact program. You, you won it again this year. The tour announced that last week. I think you've played nine competitive rounds over the last two years and, and won it both times. This program, when you, you see it come to fruition now, do you, do you wish it was there when you were younger? Do you, do you understand why it has to happen now? What are your, what are your kind of thoughts on the player impact no, program? It, everything evolves. I mean, look at the FedEx iterations that we've had. Um, one of the years, uh, BJ didn't even have to tee it up. You know, he didn't even have to show up for the last tournament or seizing any event, and he already won the FedEx Cup. So it, we've had different iterations of the FedEx Cup, and there's no difference with the PIP. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have different iterations of that going, going forward as well. Um, there is no perfect system. You want people who drive the tour who are most visible, and the people that watch golf because of these certain players be rewarded for it. Uh, we haven't found the perfect model for that yet, um, and hopefully we do sometime soon. Uh, we're still working on it. Go to uh, Dave and then Ewan. Tiger, two quick things. First of all, um, you know, there is talk about the OWGR as it relates to live golf, and is it becoming irrelevant? Um, you know, they don't meet a lot of the criteria that have been set forward. Do you have an opinion about what, what you see for the OWGR going forward and, and the live argument? What do I see going forward with with the OWGR? Is it relevant? Yeah. Is it well? The OWGR it's it's a flawed system. You know that's something we all here recognize. Um, the the field at, at Dubai got less points than Sea Island, um, and more of the best top players were there in Dubai. So obviously there's a flawed system. How do you fix it? You know there's those meetings we're going to have to have. Um, we're going to have to have it with World Golf Championship World Golf committee and as well as uh, our, the, the main tours are involved in it. 
um, somehow come up with a better system than is in place now. Um, I remember in my career when I, I had a big lead in, in my career and I didn't have to play a single tournament the next year and I still would be, would be ranked number one. Um, we changed that system then. So it has been changed in the past and I'm sure this will be changed hopefully soon. Secondly, what is your goal for next year as far as how much you want to play and if you, if you can play the, the schedule you, you want to, what does that look like and what is the goal? I assume you're not going just to show up. Uh, the goal is to play just the major championships and maybe one or two more. That's it. I mean, that's physically, that's all I can do. And I told you that, guys, you know, the beginning of this year, too. I mean, that's, I don't have much left in this leg. So um, gear up for the biggest ones, and hopefully, you know, lightning catches in a bottle. And I, I'm up there in contention with a chance to win, and, I and hopefully I remember how to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, giving myself a chance to get out there again, uh, I didn't, as I said, I didn't expect to play three majors this year. We were hopefully for just the, the British Open, but I was able to get two more in there. So that was a big positive. You in, Mark, and then Martin. Tiger, ju ju just link to, straight in front of you. Sorry. Just link to, to that point. I mean, you spoke at St. Andrews <clears throat> when we last saw you about the struggle to play in the majors this year, and we witnessed that a lot of the time. You must have worked incredibly hard to get to the point where you could almost play here and now you can't play. Is there never a part of you that thinks, why keep going? Why, why keep trying this? I've got, I've got nothing else to prove. Well, I love competing. You know, I love, I love this sport. Uh, I've been playing it for most, well, basically all my life. And, um, you know, actually I've been a pro for more than half my life. <laughs> and so if you look at those terms, you know, I've, I've been a part of this sport and I've loved it. Um, it's just unfortunate I'm not able to do the things that I, I feel mentally I can do. The body just kind of rejects it. You know, when I was at home, I was shooting four, five, six, seven under par like it was nothing, but I was in a cart. Now you add in walking, and that, that goes away. So I need to get to where I can, that, that point is where I can actually walk around and, and play that way like, like all of you guys can. And I just, I'm not able to do that right now. Mark, and then Martin. Mark right here. Hey, Tiger. How are you? Yeah. Um, just, I have two questions unrelated. One of which is uh, years ago when Tim Fincham was the commissioner, if I'm not mistaken, you, you, would, you were trying to make some inroads, you know, for the top players were, were, were drawing most of the eyeballs to the game to be compensated more, um, you know, because they were using, your obviously, your, your likeness and image on, you know, every brochure, et cetera, back in the day brochures. Um, what changed for you with that? Because obviously that's part of the reason, you know, the, the, the group that went to live, like Phil, shook, tried to shake the tree a little bit. Uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of curious where, where that changed for you and, you know, and why that wasn't a big, not Well, not I think in order team. to compete, I mean, it, it's always good to have competition in the sport. And um, obviously lived has been, has changed the ecosystem, you know, of our of our game. Um, I remember this is originally that the Akron event, the Bridgestone tournament was supposed to be the payment of players for playing on the teams. You're not going to get paid for being on Ryder Cup or President's Cup team, but here's your payment by playing in Bridgestone. Mm -hmm. Obviously that changed quickly. Um, but yes, there's been some ebb and flow, some give and take with the players and the commissioners and their staff. And 
um, I think this year more so than any, than any other time, that we've had the, the openness to be able to talk to our commissioner and say, hey, these are things that we want to get better on the tour. Um, and here's a list of them in, in, in priority, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jay sat through a lot of these meetings, a lot of the conference calls, and with Rory and I um, talking to him, too, as well. Uh, we've, I think we made some great changes. Um, but how do we also re replenish the players that have left? It's obviously giving more opportunities for players that are coming into the game that are younger, uh, collegiate or amateur, more access to it. Um, the game has gotten younger, period. Mm -hmm. And the guys are winning majors in their mid-early mid 20s. But also we want to get younger kids coming in here and playing the game of golf and, and experiencing the tour and experiencing what it's like to play major championships and hopefully win them. And just as a follow there, um, part of those changes you talked about, there's a lot more money coming into tournaments uh, from the <clears> tour <throat> that weren't you know, available, so to speak, before Liv came around. And a guy like, you know, like Mickelson, for example, obviously is the face of that. And he, he took a lot of criticism. He's taken most of the bullets for, for that, so to speak. Um, do you, and he, he's criticized heavily by players on tour for it, who now will be making a lot more money at tournaments because of him shaking that tree. Do you feel like, to some degree, they owe an apology for that? Or, or No, absolutely not. No, we, we took out a, an enormous loan um, during the pandemic um, in which that, if, if we had another year of the pandemic, our tour would only be sustained for another year. So. We took out an enormous loan. It worked. It paid off in our benefit. Hence, we were able to use that money to make the increases that we made. All right, we'll go to Martin over there. Tiger, you've had a few months to reflect on making it to St. Andrews. When you, when you look back now, what did that week mean to you? And has it made you more determined maybe to go back one more time? Well, I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if I'll be able to make it back one more time as a, a player in the tournament. Um, you know, whether I might, you know, I, I probably will go back and play it at some point with, with Charlie and have a great time. Um, but, I mean, I think it's, what, eight years away, I believe? Um, that's a, I don't know what this leg is going to look like in eight years. Um, hopefully still attached. Um, but uh, we'll see. And I, I just don't want to go back and just say farewell. I mean, I, I want to win, win the damn thing. I mean, I, I, that's what I thought I could do this year. I was doing everything right, and then all of a sudden, it just, my leg just wasn't working properly, so, and hence I missed the cut badly. We'll go over here on the left, Todd Lewis. Hi, Tiger. Um, in regards to the dynamics between the PGA Tour and, the, and Live Golf, what do you hope, personally, the end game will be? Uh, between the R2 Tours? Correct. I, we don't know, no one knows. Um, right now, it's, there's a lot of animosity, um, especially from their, their leadership. And uh, they want to be a validated tour uh, with world ranking points, and they're, they're buying up tours around the world. And um, I, I, don't know, I don't know what their end game is. I, it might be just, just being an official um, member of the golf ecosystem and being recognized with world ranking points. I think that's where their intended goal is. Um, I, you know, they've spent probably what, close to $2 billion this year. Um, who say they can't spend 4 or $5 billion next year? You know, we just don't know. It's an endless uh, pit of money. But that doesn't necessarily create legacies either. Um, you want to compare yourself to Hogan? 
you want to compare yourself to Sneed, you want to compare yourself to Nicholas, um, you can't do that over there, which you can on this tour. Do you, do you think these organizations can coexist? Right now, as, as, as it is, not right now, not with their, their leadership, not with Greg there and his um, animosity towards the tour itself. Um, I don't see that happening. Um, as Rory said, and I, I said it as well, I think Greg's got to leave. And then we can eventually, hopefully, have a stay between the two lawsuits and figure something out. But why, why would you change anything if you got a lawsuit against you? Now, they sued us first. Bob? Tiger, two separate things. Um, had you seen improvement since St. Andrews in your leg, progressing yes. over the last couple of months before this latest setback? Um, and, and, and how much, how much have you, does this mean you've regressed? Uh, it's going to take probably you know, a month or two of rest. Um, but also, it, it, it was the ramping up process that, that, that did it. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a balancing act, right? How hard do you push it to make progress? When you're not pushing it too hard, you go off the edge and you set yourself back two, three days. And that's been the balancing act all year. And trying to, trying to do that, uh, get ready for this event. I did a lot of beach walks, um, trying to simulate the sand out here. And um, my foot just did not like that very much. And secondly, um, you know, you just referenced it with the litigation. And until that's gone, there's really nothing that can happen talking-wise with Liv. But if that did happen, do you, you must have an idea of something that you think where they could work together, if you're even willing to talk. What, what would that be? How, how could these two entities coexist? As I said, I, th I think so. it has to start with leadership on their side, um, understanding that what is happening right now is in the, not in the best, it's not in the best fit or future for the whole game of golf. Now, what is the best way for our game to grow? It's not this way. Um, but granted, you need to have the two bodies come together. And if, if one, one side has so much animosity trying to try and destroy our tour, then how do you work with that? We'll go to Doug right here. Early on when you were talking about your, your year in, in golf, you mentioned a couple of procedures that you had this year. I'm not, I'm not sure I was aware of those. What procedures did you have? Yeah, I had a couple surgeries, yes. What, can you elaborate? Nope. <laughs> Can you say when? In the past. In the past. This thank, year. Thank you, Bones. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and then, this may sound odd, but what was the best shot you hit this year? It was a short menu, but surely there was something. Uh, officially, the best shot I hit all year? I know. I, I mean, it's hard to say. I only played like three rounds, so. Um, <laughs> I know that the, the worst break I got this year, I hit a, a nice four iron right down the middle of the fairway on one at St. Andrews and was in a divot. So that was probably the worst break. Yeah, we worked backwards from there. Got time for a couple more, we'll go to Bernie. Tiger, uh, good to see you again, of course, and um, thanks for your time this morning. Um, you, you talked about Rory. Rory seems to be the unofficial sort of spokesperson for the PGA Tour. I know you two guys get on pretty well, but how much do you sort of do you admire him for, what he, for the stance he's taken, and particularly 
his comments in Dubai about my compatriot who should take the stage left. How much do you sort of admire Rory for, for his, what he's saying about what's going on and things like that? What Rory has said and done are, are what leaders do. And Rory is the true leader out here on tour. Um, the fact that he's actually able to get um, the things he said out in the, in the public eye and be so clear-minded with it um, and so eloquent with it. Meanwhile, go out there and win golf tournaments on top of that. Uh, people have no idea how hard that is to do, uh, be able to separate those two things. Um, but he's been fantastic. Um, he's a great leader in, in our, our calls we make. Um, and then he's a great leader with all the players out here. Everyone respects him. And that's, uh, and they respect him because not, not just his ball striking, his driving, but the, the person he is. Just quickly, with probably a month to go before the end of this year, and in, in a sentence, how would you surmise what's taken place off the course this year with men's professional golf? I'm sorry? How would you surmise what has been taking place with men's professional golf this year, the, the sort of controversy, just the whole sort of thing that's gone on? Well, year? I think this whole year has been, we, it's a year that we didn't expect to have happen. Um, for, as I said, the animosity, um, the angst, and then the players leaving, and then the way they show their disregard or disrespect um, to the tour that, that helped them get to that point. Um, I certainly, there's a lot of things I certainly don't like about it. And there are certain players that are very upfront with it and, uh, and have declared it, and I respect them for that. Um, but there's also a flip side to that too that I, didn't, I thought was a little bit on, the, on a tasteless side. Go to Fatia and then Joy. Tiger, you have huge legacy with uh, your foundation and uh, what you did with golf in the past. Mm -hmm. Do you think or you would be happy to add one to this with making a role of peacemaker with what happened right now? Well, yeah, well, I don't know if it's, it's whether it's going to be me, Rory, or the, the tour or other players being, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily a peacemaker, but I just think that there's a window, I think, of opportunity for us um, from both tours to figure this out um, shortly, but I think that window's closing just because the majors are coming up now and they're gonna have their own criteria, criteria for, the, for the majors, but if they can do it quickly before that, but again, that goes back to Liv and their lawsuit. They're suing us first and then we countersuit them. So, they have to back off the table, then we'll back off the table, and then we have a place to talk. Um, but their leadership has to change as well. And if that doesn't, then I think it's going to continue to go down the path that it's going right now. Joy, and then Dan. Tiger, there was a time when most players would come and ask you about golf swaying and other stuff. Is it, do you find there's a difference now? Because, like, I mean, I was talking to Arjun, and he was telling me that he... He has spoken to you a lot about his golf swing because of his back injury. Yeah. Has, has, have you found that players are now mm -hmm. coming to you like a Dr. Tiger Woods? Can you tell us if we have this injury, what can we do with our swing? Do you find that change? <laughs> I, I, it is it's, it's very respectful. Um, it, it is neat, yes. Um, I've had a few players that have come over the house and wanted to work on some stuff in the backyard with me, and um, they have, and then... You know, they've made some positive strides, which I'm excited about. Um, I help them. So um, it's, it's nice to be able to be on that seat, but I'd much rather be competing against them. There are 206 bones in the body. 
Do you know each one of them by now? No, I, I know each of the one that hurts. So, <laughs> okay. Dan? Yeah, two, two really, really quick questions. Tiger, right yeah. uh, in, in the heyday, two, in 2001, 2002, were, no. were you ever approached about starting your own tour? No, never. And the second question is, is there ever a scenario in which you would take a golf cart during competition? Take golf or what? Take a golf cart during competition on the PGA Tour. Could you ever see that happening? No, on the PGA Tour, no. On, on the sanctioned events where it's allowed, yes, which is the Champions Tour, PNC, things of that nature. But, you know, I... Hey, I, my teammate was Casey Martin, okay? You know, I, and what he did with the ADA, um, I, I voted against it. I think golf is an integral part of the game and at our level. And I'm, I will never take a golf cart until it's a sanctioned where it's sanctioned. And it's sanctioned on the, on the, on the Champions Tour, and then, you know, PNC is part of that. So um, as far as a regular event, no, I would, I would never do that. All right, that's all the time we have. Thank you very much for your time, Tiger and Dr. Munjal. Thank you. Tiger Woods addressing the media in the Bahamas. Strong words on live golf and the official world golf ranking as well, calling it a flawed system. More reaction next on Golf Today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. For 25 years... Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the goal is to play just the major championships and maybe one or two more. That's it. I mean, that's physically, that's all I can do. And I told you that, guys, you know, the beginning of this year, too. I mean, that's, I don't have much left in this leg. So... Um, gear up for the biggest ones, and hopefully, you know, lightning catches in a bottle, and I, I'm up there in contention with a chance to win, and, I and hopefully I remember how to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, giving myself a chance to get out there again. Uh, I didn't, as I said, I didn't expect to play three majors this year. We were hopefully for just the, the British Open, but I was able to get two more in there. So that was a big positive. Tiger Woods addressing the media in the Bahamas. He will not compete in the Hero World Challenge due to plantar fasciitis. Damon Ack alongside Jaime Diaz now and Eamon Lynch as well. He called his plantar fasciitis, Jaime, saying, listen, I can hit whatever shot you want. Yeah. I just can't walk. What did you make of his comments? That frustration of an, an old athlete who has the mental image of what he can do and knows how to do it better than he ever has mm. and yet can't do it, which is really difficult. And 
Uh, he's, you know, handling it well, I think. Uh, but it, he was telling what he said about the injury, too, is, you know, that the leg, he just didn't have much left in it. Mm. It's really on borrowed time, and that was an acknowledgement, almost a resignation. Mm. And also that the, 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 the plantar fasciitis is a result of the injury. It's a byproduct of that, which means it could be chronic, which means, again, that could truncate what mm. he's got left, too. Yeah, based on the statement we saw from Tiger yesterday, it would be easy to conclude that this is just a wear and tear injury, that it's perhaps not as serious as the other injuries we've seen Tiger have over the years. But he left a very clear impression there that everything's related, everything's interconnected with that leg right now, and none of it's good. Mm. And when he was asked about what, what he was going to do for 2023, his goal is majors and one or two more. And yeah. he really is lowering the expectation of what his play is going to look like in the future, but he's raising expectations mm. of what his influence is going to look like. Yeah. And for the folks at home who don't know what plantar fasciitis is, according to Johns Hopkins, it's an inflammation of the connective tissue on the bottom of the foot you see here. That's the tissue of the foot used during walking and foot movement. And the main symptom of plantar fasciitis is heel pain. You heard Tiger saying that it's going to take some time, and you see there at the bottom, treatment for plantar fasciitis usually does not require surgery, but it will take time. Jaime, did anything you heard today change your expectations for Tiger Woods in 2023? Yes. Mm. Uh, I would say that there, I think he was lowering the bar, as, 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 uh, as Amy was saying. In terms of how much he'll play or whether he can win? I think both. He didn't say the second. He didn't say the latter. He would yeah. never say that. But, yeah. I mean, I think just the, the actual situation now is, is so negative in terms of his able to get ready. I, I think St. Andrews was very discouraging for him because, he, as he said, he was doing everything right. And then right at the end when he was pushing it to get ready and kind of put fine-tuning fine on it, that's when he got hurt. And mm. that's what he can't do. He can't push it as far as he wants to. He always pushed it to the limit. Mm. He used to push it too far anyway, whether it was weightlifting or running. And it's his nature. And that's how he feels confident. That's how he feels like I'm really, really ready. And he can't do that anymore. And so there's a compromise there. And I think as a result, he expects less now. That was the first time I've kind of heard him say, I don't have as much as I mm. think I need, mm. uh, which is a, a big distinction because uh, he's always been, you know, don't put anything past me. Just challenge me. Just tell me I can't do it. Mm. And I will. I heard resignation this time. But isn't it interesting that we did hear him talk about that he has what he needs as a player because he's out there shooting five, six, seven yeah. under par. Yes. What he needs and won't take yeah. is four wheels. He's mm -hmm. not going to get in a cart and ride around there. And he was explicitly asked, will you do that? And he talked about only doing it in what are essentially senior sanctioned events like the, the PNC Championship, playing with his son. He clearly has the game still, he believes, to compete. That's why he talked about the idea yeah. of catching mm. lightning in a bottle. But it's extraordinarily hard to do that if you're setting a goal for yourself, an ambitious goal of playing six times in a yeah. year against the best in the world, even if you are Tiger Woods. That's, that's some lightning strike you're looking to catch. And he's so old school. I mean, he voted against Casey he Martin. He did, and he brought that up. Yeah, I mean, that's how he, you know, he talked about Snead and Hogan. I mean, he, he is, that's where his mind is. Mm. It's in history. That's where his place is. Mm. And actually, that's his best pitch, I think, his strongest pitch uh, against Liv. Mm -hmm. Tiger covered a lot of ground, including uh, the battle between the PGA Tour and Liv Golf. Here's what he had to say earlier today. Do you, do you think these organizations can coexist? Right now, as, as, as it is, not right now, not with their, their leadership, not with Greg there and his um, animosity towards the tour itself. Um, I don't see that happening. Um, as Rory said, and I, I said it as well, I think Greg's got to leave. And then we can eventually, hopefully, have a stay between the two lawsuits and figure something out. 
But why, why would you change anything if you got a lawsuit against you? Now, they sued us first. How about that? I mean, opportunity with both sides. Mm -hmm. If Greg Norman <laughs> leaves, Greg has to go. Direct quote from Rory McIlroy. Yeah, I mean, that's doubling down. And, uh, you know, it all depends on how the Saudis view Greg. Has he been useful to them getting, getting, uh, getting uh, eyes on, on Liv and mm. getting attention? Or has he become someone who negotiates in such a way that's contrary to their, to their way of doing things that he has to go to? But uh, Tiger seems to put it in terms of it, it's just an impasse. There's just too much emotion, too much anger, can't get past it, which is really, you know, that, that's some serious anger. Old history, old wounds. I mean, yeah, but Greg I mean, to, Norman's to, been smarting for a fight for 30 To years. bring that to the negotiation table is just counterproductive, mm. and maybe that's, that's Greg's fatal flaw. I think also interesting, you know, the litigation's got to be dropped. You can't negotiate. Yeah. If everything you're using on the negotiating table could be brought into court again. Right. Yeah, Greg took more gut punches in that 30 minutes than he <laughs> did at the 96 Masters. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting to hear Tiger and make the same point in a way that Rory McIlroy did, this idea of throwing it out there of a compromise or what a future looks like. Greg Norman isn't the problem here. His ineptitude is not the problem with Live Golf. It's what Live Golf's purpose is, mm -hmm. which is the sports wash on behalf of the Saudi government. That doesn't change regardless of who the CEO of Live is. So what a compromise looks like down the road in terms of some kind of detente between these warring sides, I'm kind of confused why guys are so determined to have a negotiation because only one tour is struggling here. It's not the DP World Tour and it's not the PGA Tour. Why resuscitate Live Golf? They have no traction. They are struggling to find a future. Why legitimize them because by I, going down the compromise? It seems like Tiger and Rory are, are accepting the fact that the, the greater product of professional golf is hurt by this schism yeah. in the game. And, and I guess... I'm a bit surprised as well that they see a way forward beyond Greg Norman. And I don't know if it's just because people are tired and, and, and weary. I mean, you know, the World Cup has questions about it as well. And sports washing is as old as, as the Olympics in World War trip. II and, and Adolf Hitler. I mean, this is, you know, sports washing has been around for a long, long time. I just wondered if some of the players that we've talked about are maybe saying, you know what? I'm tired of having Brooks and DJ and Cameron Smith on the other side of the fence and that the greater good of golf yeah. deserves something better. I wonder if that's what Tiger well, and Roy are thinking. I think sports washing has got its, got its place as, as something that's really against live forever, certainly with corporate uh, involvement. But I think the bigger issue with the players, certainly, it's trying to destroy the tour. He's trying to destroy the structure yeah. of golf mm. at the highest level. That The tour is the highest level of golf. Yes. PJ Tour, of course, the DP World Tour. To destroy that structure... Then what do you got left? I mean, you got live in some kind of a limbo because that's not anything like what Tiger was talking about right. going forward. All these records, all these things we care about, that's all gone if it's yeah. just live. So that's what he's fighting for in my mind more than anything. And it, to me, it's sort of intriguing that any decision on what happens in terms of litigation being dropped or settlements, that's for the board of the PGA Tour mm -hmm. to decide rather than the players. Obviously, Tiger and Rory McIlroy are particularly influential in that. What you're seeing now is a desire to take out Greg Norman, the mm -hmm. personal distaste that exists for Greg Norman, including among players that Greg Norman is paying at mm -hmm. Live Golf, who personally dislike him. But there's a very clear dislike of Greg Norman that exists among players who have remained on the PGA Tour, particularly 
you've heard it from Rory McEnroe and you've heard it strikingly there from Tiger Woods because Tiger doesn't go out and make statements like that yes. in that, public. That was such he a ball statement. Clear. Greg's got to go. That but was is a that headshot. The, is that there. distaste for Greg Norman from the likes of Tiger and Rory taking the eye off the ball of what live golf represents beyond Greg Norman? Mm. Well, they can't really influence what Liv represents, and that's a, a board-level decision that will be made at the PGA Tour. What they can do is make clear that they don't think progress can be made yeah. with mm. Greg, because Greg has taken shots at both of those guys. Mm. I would be very shocked if both of those guys have not been served with subpoenas mm. by, as part of the Liv golf suit as well. So there is that personal animosity that exists between the players at that level in particular, all of the other stuff, the, the, the politics, the economics, what the ecosystem looks like, that's essentially, it's hard to imagine there's a decision above Tiger's pay grade, yeah. but that ultimately is. That's a board decision that would be made by others. Tiger also took a swing at the official World Golf ranking. I was surprised. Calling it a flawed system. I was timing. surprised, you know, and, and I use the example with, with Tiger winning himself. Uh, 18 WGC events. I mean, he was he was criticizing that Dubai didn't get as many points. Right. As, as, as did John Rahm. Uh, yes. The same criticism. Yeah, as the event what didn't have any top 25 players in, on the PGA Tour. But I think Mark Brody has got credibility. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the world ranking over time has made good decisions. It's tweaked itself. Certainly it's flawed if you want to talk about absolutes. Nobody knows what a perfect system is. Mm. But I was surprised that he went that way because he has actually been, been a beneficiary, or I, I shouldn't say beneficiary. He has been an example of how limited field events with no cuts are mm. easier to win. Yeah. Tiger can win anywhere, of course. But, but, to, win, system but to win 18 of them, that's disproportional. Yeah. And, mm. and I felt like that's a statement that says, that supports them getting less points mm. than uh, at the DP World Tour this time. Mm. Uh, and this is an issue where he parts ways yeah. with Rory McIlroy yeah. because even Rory said in Dubai, he pointed out that the reason the RSM Classic and Sea Island had more points is that they had one guy dropped out. So they had 155 guys in the field, each of whom as an individual brought points. points to the table. There were 50 guys in Dubai. Mm. And yes, there were a handful of the top 20 players in the world, but there were a lot of guys with lower rankings in the field in Dubai mm. as there were yeah. at the RSM Classic mm. as well. I, I, I don't buy this argument that there's a fundamental flaw mm. here. I, I, I don't think you can get a world ranking that's based on because a name shows up yeah. that the tournament is inherently more credible. Look at Cam Smith, still one of the great players in the world. Yeah. He got 10 ranking points for winning the Australia PGA last week because he was the only one right. of the top 25 in the world. There were only three of the top 50, only eight of the top 100. That's not a field that has stature if you're talking about each individual player bringing points to the table. You need a quality field. Yeah, Tiger Woods not in the field this week, but clearly not afraid to throw his weight around as he did during that press conference in the Bahamas. Now, after the break, Brandel Chambly will join the program. We'll continue to dig into what Tiger Woods had to say, so stay with us. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. What makes eHarmony so special? You. No, really. The profiles and conversations are different on eHarmony, and that's what makes it great eHarmony's compatibility quiz brings out everyone's personality on their profile and highlights similarities on your discovery page. So it's even easier to start a conversation that actually goes somewhere. So what are you waiting for? 
Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Back on golf today, Tiger Woods not in the field this week in the Bahamas. Released this statement yesterday in preparation and practice for this week's Hero World Challenge. I've developed plantar fasciitis in my right foot, which is making it difficult to walk. After consulting with my doctors and trainers, I've decided to withdraw this week and focus on my hosting duties. My plan is still to compete in the match and the PNC Championship. And Tiger addressed the media in the Bahamas moments ago. Well, it's a... Uh... It was a tough decision just because I want to play. Um, I like playing, I like competing, but unfortunately I can hit the golf ball and hit it whatever shot you want, I just can't walk. And so I've had a few setbacks during the year um, that I still was able to somehow play through. Um, but this one I just can't, I just, uh, only time can heal this one and stay off my feet and um, get a lot of treatment done. And was it a surprise to you going into this week that you weren't able to play? Or, or, you know, when did you make this decision? Well, as I was ramping up and I had to walk more, the, the worse it got. So when you get plantar fasciitis, that's a, the worst thing you can do is walk. And I was walking more and more and more, trying to get my legs ready for this event. And I just kept making it worse. Um, so um, had to shut it down. And um, unfortunately, um, be the, the host of the event and Ranger Rick out here. So I can do that. And Brandel Chambly joins us now. Brandel, what's your reaction to what you heard from Tiger and his inability to go this week? Well, I think uh, what really stood out there was his respect for uh, the traditions of professional golf, his, his fellow players, and the integrity of competition that, you know, he could easily, if he wanted to, hop in a golf cart and cruise around and hit all the shots necessary to... Uh, likely, you know, compete in this event at, at, a, at a fairly high level and certainly entertain the world. But uh, the integrity of the competition was just far too important for Tiger Woods to do something like that. So I think that spoke volumes about his respect for the history of this game. Randall, when you heard him say that he can hit any shot you want him to hit, he just can't walk. And then he later said, I don't have a lot left in this leg. Talking about his major schedule next year, four majors, maybe one or two other events, doesn't give you a lot of hope that we're going to see an awful lot of Tiger Woods going forward, does it? No, not really. It doesn't, Eamon. Look, uh, I'll go back to, uh, what, what was it, uh, 21 months ago, you know, one year, nine months ago, when this accident happened. Shortly thereafter, I would have talked to a handful of orthopedic uh, surgeons who specialize in the injuries that Tiger would have likely uh, incurred in this uh, accident. Um, several of them said to me that, uh, the most important element of this accident, in their opinion, and again, this is going off of the knowledge that they've had of previous accidents like this, not specific details, uh, because those were not really known about the injuries that Tiger Woods incurred, but they all talked about this one particular bone uh, in his right foot uh, called the talus bone. And they said, look, if there was a clean break in that bone, they could piece it together, it would heal up nicely, and he'd be able to carry on fine. The foot wouldn't swell. He'd be able to go. He likely wouldn't even limp. But what was more likely was that that bone 
became fractured in a great many pieces and so that they couldn't piece it back together and it subsequently it would never heal properly so that he could walk around without it swelling and causing arthritis uh, at some point very early uh, in his his career. So as Tiger Woods was talking and as this year has unfolded, I've gone back to those discussions that I've had with the orthopedic surgeons and I thought, you know, them sort of reading between the lines, I felt like they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Uh, and again, Tiger hasn't been particularly transparent about the injuries, the full uh, scope of the injuries that he incurred in that accident. But in their opinion, it was likely that the talus bone shattered and that going forward, he would never be able to walk a golf course sufficient to uh, the degree that he would need to to be competitive. Because of that, Brandel, and you're right, we don't know everything. He doesn't tell us everything. You know, Jack was counted out late in his career. Hogan, Muhammad Ali. Where are you with Tiger in terms of his ability to still do great things in this game, or has that page been, been ripped out now? Look, you know, Tiger's always raised our expectations and then exceeded them. You know, I, we could go through that list. I, I certainly didn't think he was going to win twice in 1996 when he came out. Uh, I didn't I didn't think after watching that that he would win by 12. I didn't think he did win four majors in a row, one of them by 15. I didn't think in 2005 to 2009 he'd have a higher winning percentage than he did in 2000. I, you know, I could go on and on. I certainly didn't think he'd come back and, and make the cut in two majors this year. So uh, I didn't think he'd come back from his chipping issues to do the things that he's done. So he's he's never, ever ceased to absolutely astonish the golf world, and certainly including myself. So I wouldn't put it past him to come back. It seems like the right thing for him to do. What would be motivating him? He may say it's 18 majors, but to me, it seems like it would be 83. But I think in the broader sense, what Tiger uh, and what this year has really meant to the game of golf is watching Tiger grow into this leadership role. Uh, and he may well prove to be the equal or maybe even greater leader than he was in, in terms of the history going forward of the PGA Tour in terms of just the success uh, that his playing skills brought to the PGA Tour. Uh, you look at the leadership uh, of Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, you know, in, in terms of leadership. I mean, and, and then you look at the, the, the drama that's going on in the golf world. You know, what's what's over here at, at live and what's what's competing because it is competition with the PGA Tour. And, you know, the PGA Tour and in golf, you know, I think it's very fortunate to have a great many good leaders, great leaders. You know, you look at the commissioners and, and Jay Monahan and Molly Marcoux Saman. You look at uh, the head of the different governing bodies, uh, to Seth Wall, to Michael Wan, to Martin Slumbers, to Greg McLaughlin, uh, you know, to the chairman of Augusta National, uh, Chairman Ridley. You look at all those great leaders that, that they have, and, and, and under that leadership, the game has evolved in a great way. But you look at Tiger and Rory, the role that they're going to play, uh, because they're both very bright. Uh, they have great respect for the traditions of the game and the integrity of competition. I mean, you're from a leadership standpoint, you're looking at at, at FDR and Reagan, uh, and, and 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 that's who's leading uh, from the player standpoint. The PGA Tour, great leadership. And you look at at Liv, and you could say, well, at least in my view, it's more like Abbott and Costello. Uh, and and sadly. Uh, you look at uh, the animosity that Greg Norman brings to the proceedings, the lawsuit that Liv is, is bringing in the competition that they're up, and, and you think, okay, golf is very lucky to have all this great leadership. 
and at its helm is Tiger Woods. And again, he may prove to mean more to golf as a leader than he did, did as a player. On that leadership question, Brandon, were you surprised, given how Tiger's avoided generally for most of his career contentious subjects or particularly outspoken points of view, that he was as direct as he was in echoing what Rory McIlroy said, that Greg Norman has got to go? Look, no. I, as a player, and I, I could always appreciate this about Tiger, uh, you know, as a media member, of course, I always wanted more out of him when he was talking uh, and him to have a bigger leadership role in terms of his voice. But I always certainly appreciated uh, his strategic, and I would call it strategic, uh, stance that he took with the media, which was he never wanted to say something that would ha that would come back and have to distract him from his larger goal of dominating professional golf. So these are two different roles. As a competitor, uh, I think it was very important for him to stay focused on the task. Golf is much more of a mental game than it is a physical game. And so Tiger didn't need the sort of the mental fatigue of jumping over um, existential hurdles. Uh, but now as a leader, uh, I think Tiger, from an intellectual standpoint, can take on uh, the roles. You know, the Greg Norman is is not the most conciliatory figure. And if you're looking at what Liv might need to grow into a legitimate tour, it needs a lot. There's a lot of hurdles there. But it, at, at, at least, at bare minimum, it needs a conciliatory leader. And then, of course, it needs to actually uh, show reform. You know, the, you know, whoever the leader is, uh, the CEO, it's just a titular head. The leader is MBS. And until he actually shows reform, the world of golf is going to be very reluctant to put their arms around this. And I'm talking about reform and they got to end their bombardment and embargo in Yemen. They, they've got to end their persecution of women, the, the male guardianship role. They got to end that. They got to end their persecution of gays. Uh, the conversion of Islam to another religion is still legally punishable by death. Uh, these are a clash with modernity that MBS could 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 bring about. That's real reform. We're not seeing that. It's it's unlikely that we will see that. Um, and 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 I think that's that's you know at the, at the bare minimum, uh, I would agree with Tiger and Rory that that they need a more conciliatory leader. But that's the bare minimum. There's so many other hurdles that Liv needs before it's legitimized as 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 an entity in the world of golf. Tiger did talk specifically about players who'd gone to live without naming names. He said he had a problem with people he thought had either disrespected or disregarded the PGA Tour on their way out the door. He used the word tasteless to describe some of those comments. He was then invited by Mark Cannizzaro of the New York Post to consider whether or not Phil Mickelson deserved an apology of some kind for hastening this along, which is a pretty ambitious ask. But Tiger seemed pretty brutally dismissive of that, Brandle. Well, look, I think there's nuance here, and I think Tiger's dismissal of it, uh, I think, shows the nuance. People just want to focus on the money and, and the fact that the PGA Tour is playing for more money and then say, OK, Liv brought about uh, the improvement of the PGA Tour. But I think, and this is, I think, what's guiding Tiger and Rory and, and obviously those in opposition of Liv, at a bare minimum, when you're assessing your actions, at a bare minimum, the barometer has to be, will your actions bring about uh, the harm or, or will they help people? Will they harm people or will they help people? 
if you look at the foundation of the PGA Tour, it's based in philanthropy, okay? The foundation of the PGA Tour is based in helping people. It's based in philanthropy. What is the foundation of LIVE? Well, it's MBS, and I would say that the foundation of LIVE is terrorism, both in terrorizing his citizens in terms of human atrocities and exporting Wahhabism. So the foundation of one, and if you are part of LIVE, in my view, if you are part of LIVE, is your participation in LIVE, is it going to bring about the harm of will it will it facilitate the harm? Will it further facilitate the harm, or will it lead to helping others? And I would argue, and have argued, that by participating in live, you are facilitating the continuation of this terrorism, of these human atrocities. That's my argument. That's the way I see it, and I see it black and white. By participating in live, you are contributing to, as you say, Amen, over and over. Uh, the reputational laundering, sports washing. You're continuing. You're you're helping to obfuscate the terrorism. You're part of the machine, in my view. If you play on the PGA Tour, you are part of a large philanthropic organization for the betterment of professional golf, for the betterment of competition, but more, more importantly, for the betterment of the societies where the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, the PGA Tour Champions Tour, and all of their outreaches around the world go. Now, that's, a, that, that, that's beyond money. There are some things money cannot buy. It's not just about money. It's about what is the foundation of the tour that you're playing on. So while one hand, people want to easily look at, at at live and say it's it's elevated the PGA Tour. I, I've never said that the live's not competition. It is competition. It's just not capitalism, okay? And it's just not right. It's based upon uh, sports washing, whereas the PGA Tour is based upon and founded by and guided by philanthropy. And that's the point where I would argue with Mark that he's missing Mark Canizeros. I would argue that his question misses the larger point of what LIV is about and what the PGA Tour is about. And Tiger's dismissal of it, I think, got to it in a pretty uh, nuanced way. Randall, all of that said, we're also hearing Tiger and Rory say that there is a way forward between these two warring factions, that if the lawsuits are put aside and Greg Norman is pushed aside, that there is a way forward. Why do you think that is? Is it possible that the best players on the PGA Tour miss Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed and want to compete against the best at their best, like Jack and Tom Watson in 77, like Tiger and Phil and Duval in 01 at the Masters. Uh, I, I read that really as just, look, this is a bare minimum. At a bare minimum, you have to have legitimate leadership, somebody that has demonstrated the ability to get their arms around this situation. And again, it, it, you know, lawsuits need to stop. Uh, there needs to be some, you know, hat in hand conciliatory uh, gesture. Uh, Greg looks less like a CEO and more like a dictator or a wannabe dictator in that role to me. Uh, so at a bare minimum, but, but along the lines, again, set aside the fact that there has to be some actual reform in Saudi Arabia before golf puts its arms around that. You know, golf does, we go back to prior to the 1960, golf does have a blighted past in terms of its exclusionary policies. But those exclusionary policies were abolished in the 60s, but it took some time for them to dissipate. But you could say and certainly see under Tiger's reign, 
Uh, and there are, of course, many deterministic factors that contributed to this. Gulf has become uh, far more exclusionary, far more, or excuse me, inclusionary, uh, far more diverse, uh, far more of a global game. And that's, of course, gone lockstep with the leaders in the game. So why would Gulf want to take decades step backwards into a foundation that would be running the game? And I'm talking about running a particular part of the game, live golf. You're talking about Saudi Arabia. Why would you want to go back into the dark ages of professional golf where the, it is run by discriminatory, exclusionary, and persecuting uh, elements? Why would you want to take golf back to that spot? We, we've, we're, we're 60 years past that spot. But why do we want to take that step back there? Golf's come full circle to be diverse and inclusionary. Uh, and again, there are a lot of contributing factors to that, but, but Tiger's certainly one of them. It's a great point you make, Brandon. Appreciate your insights as always. Enjoy your Tuesday, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you.